Let's open our Bibles tonight to Daniel chapter 6. I don't know which was brother, Brother Ronnie, her getting up moving or you saying something and all three of them turning red. I was laughing. That reminded me and my sister sitting together, so that wasn't even a big deal. Yeah, well, we, I always thought it's because I was the oldest because I sat to mom, then the next sister, and the next sister right down to the baby. And you'd think the baby would be closer to mom, but for some reason, she always had me sitting there. And I always thought it's because I was the oldest, not. <clears throat> uh, she got a hold of my something right there. She pinched like a mule. <clears throat> okay, Daniel chapter 6, begin with verse 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps. To be over the whole kingdom, and over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give an account to them, so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to set him over the whole realm. So the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could not find, uh, they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was any error or fault found in him. These men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against, <coughs> oops, too many pages, against <coughs> the concerning the law of his God. So these governors and traps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom and the administrators and satraps, uh, the counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish a decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Now, when Daniel knew, did you catch that? When Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplications before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or, or uh, man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard to you, O king, uh, or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he feared, heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, No, O king. That it is the law of the Medes and the Persians that no decree or statute with the king is established may be changed. So the king gave the command and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke saying to Daniel, your God whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. 
Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring, with the signet rings of his lords, and the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now the king went to the palace and spent the night fasting, and no magicians were brought to him. Also his sleep went from him. The king rose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. When he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, 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 servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then the king, Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. The king was exceedingly glad for him, commanded they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den, and no injury whatever was found in him, because he believed in his God. Let's pray. Fathers, we come before you tonight, we look at this very familiar story, and I ask you to grant us your wisdom and your knowledge as, as we look at it and your insight. Teach us from your word and help us to grow from it. And Father, let us be faithful to share it with others. In Christ's name, amen. Sometimes uh, we're called on to say what we believe, okay? But the real truth of what we believe is that what we believe shows in our actions. Back when the Philippines fell to the Japanese and uh, uh, they were inhabited by the Japanese army, uh, the fellow named uh, Bueno Bello uh, was the dean of a school there uh, for the Philippine children. And as he's sitting there and he knew the island was being overrun with Japanese and one Japanese soldier kicked in his door and held a gun on him at his desk and said, tear down the American flag and the Philippine flag from behind your desk. And he looked at him and he stood up and said, these hands were made to defend those flags, not to tear them down. And they shot him. Now somehow he survived and, and uh, made it through the end of the war. But you see, he came to a test of what he believed. And his actions showed what he believed. We need to understand that we might not be called on to be shot, but every day what we really believe will show up in our actions. It showed up in Daniel's actions and it will show up in our actions. So let's look at what Daniel experienced there and learn some spiritual truths. The first one I see is the foolish decree. You read the story with me. It was a decree that, that no one could make a petition to God or man except to Darius for 30 days. It was given by these other governors and satraps who were jealous of Daniel. It amazed me that if you noticed, in verse 4, they, they, they sought to find some charge against him, but they could not find charge or fault because he was faithful and there was no error or fault found in him. Verse 5 tells us that they decided and said to one another, the only fault we can find is concerning the law of his God. In other words, they knew something. That we don't find out till later in the text. They knew that every day Daniel opened his windows towards Jerusalem and prayed three times a day. And so if they're going to find fault with him, then that's where they're going to find fault. You see, we need to understand that what Daniel's really doing is what Psalm 55, I'm going to get it, Psalm 55, verses 7 and 8, if you're taking 17 and 18, if you're taking notes. It says this. Evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. 
Then verse 18 says, He's redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. There were many against me. Three times a day, and Daniel did exactly that. When you look at Daniel's life, you see him not stumbling as other, some other Old Testament characters. You don't see him committing sin or, or failing. You see him faithful to the end. As a matter of fact, Daniel, when the angel comes to give him what uh, the vision means, uh, tells him uh, that he's highly favored of God. He was loved of God. And I think one of the reasons is because he spent so much time with God, being faithful in prayer life, uh, going three times a day. But here's, here's what I want you to realize now. This is the truth. Sometimes our faith is tested not by a sin we'll commit, by, but by a duty we will not omit, a positive duty we will not omit. Sometimes our faith is tested not by a sin we will commit, but by a duty we will not omit. Daniel had always prayed three times a day. He loved God. He knew God loved him. He knew what his witness was to the world. And he wasn't going to admit his prayer time and sacrifice his time with God. And see, the temptation was not to commit a sin, but to omit. That's what James says when he said, He who knows to do good and does not do it, omission. It is sin to him. And sometimes we're real good about pointing out sins and don't do this and don't do that. But sometimes it's sin not to do something. And Daniel let what he believed show in his actions. You see, it was a positive duty he was not going to admit. And sometimes we're challenged to show what we believe by our actions And if you're not careful, the devil will slyly slide in a test. And it's not for you to commit sin, but to admit something that you should be doing. Okay? And we need to understand that. And our faith is tested that way. Then I see the faithful devotion. Look at verses 10 through 15 again with me. The faithful devotion. It says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, He went home in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. He knelt down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. You know the rest of it. They assemble. They bring him before the king. They say he's broken the law. The king tries to deliver him. And right before daylight they say, you realize the law can't change. In other words, if you fail to do this, you're no longer king. And so he turns him in and He's thrown into Daniel in the lion's den. And that's what we know this story of is Daniel in the lion's den. But what you really need to see is the faithfulness of Daniel, his servant, and the faithfulness of God towards his servant. And you see, the faithful devotion shows up in a lot of ways. Daniel knew it had been signed. He didn't care. He went on. And so what's the truth there? Faithfulness is shown by continuing continuing with God despite the consequences. Faithfulness is shown by continuing with God despite the consequences. Daniel knew exactly what was going to happen. He went and he prayed three times a day just as he always had. He knew he was going to be thrown into the lion's den. He knew the lions could could tear him apart. He knew he could be killed. Despite the consequences, he faithfully continued doing what he had always done with his God. And sometimes we're going to be waylaid by Satan. We're going to be tempted to quit. And the whole key is continue faithfully because it shows what we believe. Doesn't matter what the consequences are, are we faithful to continue what we've done in the past? Daniel did. 
You see, he didn't sign it, and they threw him into the den of lions. As a matter of fact, in the Hebrew, when it says you've got to do it, it means do it right now. It means right now he's going into the den. He throws him in there, puts the wax seal. Not only does the king put his signet ring in there, the others that were against Daniel put theirs in there so that if the king back came back and got Daniel out, he would only have his signet ring, but he didn't have theirs. So he was sealed in the lion's den. And his faithfulness showed by continuing with God despite the consequences. Socrates, the great philosopher, uh, before he had to drink the poison, was killed by the people of Athens, was offered acquittal. You don't have to drink the poison, Socrates. You can stop. All you got to do is keep quiet and quit saying the things you've been saying. He looked and said, men in Athens, I love you. But he went on to say, I choose to obey God rather than you. I must speak the things that need to be said for your benefit. And they killed him because he had to drink the poison. You see, that should be our rallying cries. It was the early church when Peter told uh, those that put Jesus to death. And we ought to obey God rather than men. And you see, we're coming to a time in our country when there's going to be more and more hostility towards Christians. Uh, If you haven't realized it, it's getting worse every day. And there's going to be more and more people try to persecute us and make every excuse in the world. But the excuse that they really have is they don't like the exclusive claims of Christ, that he was the way, the truth, and the life. They do not want us to stand up on his message and be faithful to it and with it. Okay? And as the times come and they get worse, we have to decide, are we going to continue with what we've known, what we've preached, what we've taught, what we've read in our Bibles, and be faithful to God, or are we going to change to fit the political climate of the day? Okay, And we're going to have to worry about that, and for especially I worry about my grandkids growing up in that kind of nation if Jesus doesn't come back first. But I'm going to continue to remind them, as they are saved, because I've been praying about their salvation for some time before they were born, that God might deliver them, but it doesn't matter whether he delivers them. He's the one that is still in control. You see, the book of Hebrews tells us that. We know the end of this story had a happy ending, but not all do. In Hebrews chapter 11, that great hall of faith, I'm going to start with verse 30. It says this, By faith, the walls of Jericho, after they were encircled for seven days, they came down. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. What more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, whom through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, who's he referring to there, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Till others had trial of mockings and scourges and chains and imprisonment. Some were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins, goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They were faithful and continued in what they had always done with God. If nothing else, hear me. Sometimes our faith is tested where we're going to be faithfully devoted to Him. And our faithfulness is shown by continuing with God despite the consequences.
uh, <clears throat> I met a, a young man, and, and uh, he was a Jewish young man, and he had recently accepted Christ. And I wondered why he was always so sad. And then he told me, he said, you don't understand what accepting Christ meant to me and my family. My family has declared me dead. They will not accept my phone calls. They will not allow me in the house. They have fired me from my job. I have no connections. Uh, any money that I had that was with my father because they were in business together, they have seized. He said, but I cannot do except what I knew my heart told me to do, which was to accept Christ and follow him. He became a Jewish Christian preacher, okay, and uh, he was faithful. That inspired me. I don't know if it did you because that's what we're supposed to do. There's lots of, of stories like that that you can find that are true stories. The last thing I see is the favorable deliverance. You see, we know the story how it says that they threw him into the, to the lion's den. Darius is up all night worried about him, won't sleep. It's in anguish. Early the next morning, and that means about the time the sky, before it turns pink, when it's just starting to get a little of that glow to it, you know, early in the morning. Some of you know that, right? I wanted to tease Parker. Parker, do you, is, is that what you're going to experience in the morning when you go fishing with Dad? Is that early morning light, that real early where it just starts up? He says, I am not getting up that early. You see, that's when he rushes to that pit they had those lions in. That's where he orders them to tear uh, the seal away. That's where they roll the rock back. And see, Daniel is sort of a tip of Christ because he was buried there supposedly in death and the rock was rolled away and he came out alive. Did you catch that? Okay. Um, and then <clears throat> he says, Daniel, who served the... The living God, is your God saved you? He said, yes, he has stopped the mouths of the lions and he's out. We know the rest of the story. The king threw the rest of them in there and they died before they hit the bottom of the, of the cave. Okay, Their wives and their kids. See, our sin affects everybody. You see, we need to understand about a favorable deliverance and here's what it is. Whatever happens in our lives is supposed to glorify God. It should glorify God. Some are delivered, some are not. But it doesn't matter. It should still glorify God whether we're delivered or whether we're not. And we need to understand that. That what happens in our lives should glorify God. Daniel was held in high esteem by everybody that met him because he brought glory to the Father, you see. And what we believe about our Christ, what we believe about our Savior shows in our actions to a lost world. They know whether we really believe it or not. And we need to ask, have we committed ourselves to him today that our actions will show that he is Lord of our lives? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe some have been struggling with some things and you need to turn it over to God and your actions need to show that you're going to leave it there with God. And let him handle it. Some might need to come and rededication because you've been you've just been uh, feeling so down and you need God's help and he needs to help you and you need to come and ask him to do that in rededication of your life to him. Some might need to come for other reasons, I don't know, but God does and so as we get ready to stand in a moment and sing, you come as God wants you to sing. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, it's it's what we learn in Sunday school. It's the story of Daniel in the lion's den. It's it's a precious story, but Lord, it's more than precious. It's it's a 
It's a shout for us to have faith. It's a shout for us to believe. It's a shout to show by our actions that we believe in you. So, Father, as a pastor and, Lord, as a church, let us show our world that we really do believe in you. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.